hello, everybody. Welcome back to another stunning episode of the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. This is Angelo. I'm joined here once again with my dude, Mr. Brandon Robertson. What up, bro? Hello, folks. Hello, hello. Coming at you live here from the Spinning Thoughts World Music Megaplex at Evergreen Studios. You're making it sound bigger than what it is. No, it is, man. It's We're coming at you live. All right. So Megaplex. we are thrilled to be doing another episode and one where we are bringing on another special guest to talk details on uh, the band that the individual is in and some good news coming down the pipeline for them. So without further ado, we would like to introduce to you our special guest on episode six, Mr. Stephen King from the band Trigger Happy. Stephen, how's it going, bro? Not too bad. How's it going, guys? Uh, We're doing great. Yeah, good, man. Good to have you on. Thanks for joining us. No problem, guys. Hell yeah. So we have a lot to get to here on a podcast that, you know, we could probably talk for hours and hours, but we want to dive into (laughs) some of the details because I know you in particular and the band, Trigger Happy, you guys have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of really good things. So we're going to get down to some details with you. Um, But before we really get down to the gritty, we always like to just kind of educate our listeners on who you are, the band that you're in, what you guys stand for, things like that. So who is Trigger Happy? Um, Well, Trigger Happy started about five years ago uh, here in Butler. Um, It was uh, me and my brother, Keith, who's the drummer of the band. We were kind of just playing around in my room. We had been in quite a few bands growing up together. I mean, I started playing guitar and singing when I was about 11. He started maybe when he was like 15, 16. So he's about five years older than me. So we both started around the same time and, you know, kept playing in blues bands and different bands growing up. And then we kind of were just jamming. And our friend came over the one day and was like, you know, you guys should be out, you know, doing shows and kind of kicked the idea around a little bit. And we just started writing stuff. And, you know, the first couple of Trigger Happy shows were just him and I just guitar and drums, you know. Yeah. And then uh, eventually we added in um, some keys and bass, which you heard, uh, on the first EP that we put out there, the uh, Brains for Breakfast. Yes. And uh, we had, you know, kind of a little bit more of a, a psychedelic sound uh, and, you know, really punk-driven guitar riff songs. And uh, since then, we lost our bass player and our keyboard player. So this new EP, it's kind of a different take with uh, with our friend Seth Dillon on guitar, which he was formerly in the Mayhall Remedy and uh, the Calamity, which is another bigger band from around Butler from back in the day. Yeah. And then... Uh, our friend Tony Pitavino, which he's a pretty experimentalist uh, musician. Uh, he was in Outrun the Sun, which were kind of a strange funk fusion band from the area that was around for a while. So we kind of have a really cool lineup now, uh, you know, still centered around myself and my brother. And I feel like this new material is uh, it's a lot more complex than our earlier stuff. And, yeah, yeah, it definitely uh, is. Yeah, it has a lot more to offer uh, songwriting-wise. I mean, some of the songs are, are older, you know, stuff that I'd kind of written whenever I was a teenager and mothballed and, you know, brought back up for this band. But a, most of the stuff was stuff that I wrote in the past six months before we recorded the EP. So that was kind of cool. It was like, you know, when you first start a band, sometimes you have a couple of songs that you've had written for a while and you, you work those out and play them. But this, you know, uh, the Boy Who Lived EP is really like brand new material, you know. So I'm really excited about that. Awesome. What's yeah. it like being in a band with your brother? 
Um, I don't know. Keith and I always get along, man. It's kind of cool because, like, anytime we've ever had to settle anything, Keith and I just settle it, you know, because we're brothers and yeah. we, we love and each other. you've been doing it your whole life, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We started off playing, like I said, when we were really young, uh, playing blues with our friend, uh, my dad's friend, Joe Rossi, which he was kind of like a uh, big blues player, smoking Joe Rossi and the Express used to play around Pittsburgh back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, the name sounds and, uh, familiar. Yeah, and... um he taught us both how to play our instruments. And I mean, I played bass with him for a while in a band and then I've, you know, picked up on guitar and played started playing more guitar and trigger happy was kind of just the first real opportunity for me to, uh, you know, try to do something that was my own with, you know, my songs that I was writing and really, you know, get a chance to create and the group, the group of guys we got now, it's just phenomenal because, uh, you know, we have, uh, so much talent uh level that you know has progressed and our new songs are just a lot like i said the complexity level has definitely exceeded what our expectations were you know yeah and we're going to talk a little bit about the uh similarities and differences between the first album and the second one that you have coming out here at the end of the week um before we do that um how long have trigger how long has trigger happy been together from its original inception to originally and then how long have you guys been doing it with the current group of members that you have um well the current current lineup was kind of a shift because we lost our our keyboard player he quit probably about two years ago and we were just doing it as a three as a three piece for a little while and we added in seth on guitar you guys on good uh, or bad terms the old band members um (laughs) i don't know (laughs) it's it's kind of somewhat mutual i mean it's almost like whenever you break up with a girl and you know it's kind of hard to always talk about after the fact you know yeah. what i mean exactly what all happened but uh you know um uh justin our bass player uh he was really cool our old bass player he was really cool to come in and work on some of the songs um that he and i had written harmonies for before on this new ep that was coming out that's cool so that was that was kind of cool and uh he actually did the bass on the plumber prevails and microwave song. And then Tony did the bass on the rest of the EP. Um, so it was kind of cool as a way, you know, him to kind of nod his hat and, you know, as he was exiting the band and get a chance to be on the recording again. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, I feel like our, uh, our presence uh, with just me singing has been pretty strong and definitely the, the, the talent level that Tony and Seth bring to the band is just awesome. I mean, I can write anything on guitar or bass and they can just pick it up instantly and play. I mean, really they're both way better guitar players than I am, uh, which is nice, you know, whenever you have that in a band, because I can write things that I might be able to barely play, but not be able to play and sing at the same time, you know, so kind of work and write dueling parts, you know, I mean, you can't play two guitars at one time. So, so how does that work when you bring it to the live stage? Um, you know, I feel like we really work through writing. We really try to hone our songs down to what they are, um, to whenever we go out and play them. Uh, you know, a lot of bands I know, like they don't always have like a set concrete, like this is how many, you know, measures we have in the solo, this is how many measures we have here. And sometimes they'll change up the timing and everything. You know, we really try to keep fluidity so that it's the same version, you know, so that what you're getting on the CD is basically what you're getting, you know, uh, getting live. We did a little bit more on this CD uh, with adding some mandolin and some ukulele, and yeah. uh, I did, did the melodica solo on uh, Conquer the Bad Times, which was I actually got the melodica for Christmas for my girlfriend. I played it maybe like two times nice. before that recording, and then I was like, I really want this on the recording, so I had to sit there and kind of like 
figure out what I wanted to do and how to play it and then get ready to record it. So that melodica solo was like my third time trying, I think, and I haven't really played it since. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of almost foreshadowing some of the questions that we were going to ask. So one of the ones that I do want to ask that I had planned for later on kind of was the um, instru- instruments you have on this album and the ones that you had on the first album. Um, so it on the first album... It seems as though, I mean, I heard a bunch of horns, things like that in there. Who was bringing those to the table? I mean, who's doing that? Is that you? Is that other members of the band? And um, The trumpet was our friend uh, Lyle, Lyle Borger of uh, the band Zulu Tree. He's also the one who books all the shows up at Rock Falls in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Nice. Which we usually play a couple of uh, festivals there. We usually play Ragu in the spring and then midsummer, you know, in July. Um, but yeah, so he was just kind of a friend that, you know, I would work out a couple of trumpet parts. He actually, it was a while where he was coming out and playing shows with us and playing trumpet along and different instruments and stuff. Cause he's just one of those multi-talented people, but right. I've always tried to surround myself with, with artists. I mean, it amazes me the group of friends that we have, even like the, the artwork for the the front and the back of the EP. That was my friend, Nikki, you know, she's went to school for animation and she just does any of our artwork for free just cause she likes our band, you know? That's and, awesome. And, you know, Lyle coming in and, uh, you know, doing the trumpet work. Actually, the person who recorded our EP, uh, Lee Prisby from the band Claymore, which they're like a metal band down in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he recorded the EP. We did it in our basement and he's just he went to school for recording and he knows what he's doing so well that he got the quality recording that we have, you know, and, and uh, he did it at a pretty discount price, which was nice, too. Yeah, and again, man, you're like reading our minds here, I think, with some of these questions because we definitely wanted to get a little bit more insight on where you recorded, how you did it, because, um, you know, Brandon and I, leading into any interview that we do with an artist or a band, we, we try to immerse ourselves as much as possible in, into their process, and um, we've really enjoyed the music that you've put out on, you know, we, uh, we've we been lucky enough to to hear the tracks off of the new uh, album that's coming out, The Boy Who Lived, but um, the previous album, which can you help me uh, out on the name? Brains of that for one? Breakfast. Brains for Breakfast. Thank you. So, and and those were great tracks, but there's a clear difference in quality. Um, so, what was the difference between the first album and the second in regards to quality, where you did it, how you did it, who did it, things like that? The funny thing is, is that actually we did it in the same place with the same person. Really? But we did it, yeah. But we did it two years, obviously, in in the future. It's interesting. Um, you I, can really see and well, yeah, you can hear feel growth. that growth yeah. that two years, you know, adds yeah. to it. Well, I mean, a lot of that was uh, what Lee, you know, what he has able to, been able to accomplish and things that he's learned, and a lot of it was our quality of uh, of instruments. I mean, the first EP. Lee had to lean a lot on uh, different computer effects, like guitar distortion we had wasn't really all that great, so he added in a little bit of other layers of different guitar distortion and some kind of drum beats on top of the drum beats that were there to fill them out, and this time it was really all just live. I mean, that was what's on the EP is what we captured from our instruments. I mean, there's no kind of overdubbing there's no kind of any post-production work you had to do at all other than mixing and mastering so so when you're saying live are you saying that you guys were recording as if you know back in like the 60s 70s pink floyd style where everybody's playing at once kind of but not exactly what we do is uh we use scratch tracks so we record um the guitar bass and drums uh to get the drum track 
you can yeah. hear the guitar and the bass in the headphones. That way we still get that live sound and the energy feel of the song, you know, because a lot of times when you're playing with a metronome or a click track, it's hard to capture that. It totally is. You know, yeah, there's an organic, an organic feeling when everyone's playing together that you can't get when you're doing it that way. So I understand exactly. what you're saying there. So what we did, um, you know, what we did for this EP and the last one was, you know, we recorded the scratch tracks and then we overdubbed guitar, you know, overdubbed bass, and then, you know, eventually vocals and anything else we want to put on. Now, uh, our next EP we're going to get ready to work on is a split with Jesse and the Kittens. We're going to do that completely live except for the vocal tracks. We're going to do an extra vocal track on top, which I'm really interesting to try that because, like you said, that's how the bands did it back in the day right. and they're the space that we're using is really good and the recording equipment they have is really good so i really want to try to get that live feel you know uh and definitely you know with our, our writing uh style and the way we've been changing uh, a couple of the songs that we wrote for that um are up as videos on our facebook right now and we've really been progressing in the, the complexity of our songs and uh trying to add a lot more timing changes in different solo sections. And I feel like we've gone from being more of like a punk band to more of like a seventies rock, like deep purple yeah. uh, Montrose style band, but still having a lot of that punk and alternative, you know, influence in there. I mean, it's kind of cool with the members of our band because the, our favorite types of music, you know, vary so much. We all like a lot of the same types of music, but I mean, my, my brother is really, really big on like the sixties, psychedelic rock bands you can hear it in his drums i mean he sounds a lot like keith moon or ginger baker and oh, yeah. uh you yeah. know i like a lot of like the weirder indie stuff like the pixies and neutral hotel and bright eyes and you know seth comes from like straight you know hard rock like acdc and the stones you know and you saying bright eyes totally makes sense now because and i was actually talking to you before this interview just a little bit we were messaging back and forth and I was telling you how I really enjoyed your vocals on um, your track, um, Ocean. What Ocean? Um, of our mind. Thank you. And so I definitely get Connor O burst in there. I, I really, really do. And I just couldn't, I couldn't pin it until you said it. Well, so. this whole thing kind of leads me to what I am interested in. You consider yourself, Stephen, psychedelic punk. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard. A lot of times people say indie or garage, and it's kind of always hard to, like, pin that sound down. So we really felt like psychedelic punk was, like, the best way we can combine it. We kind of have, like, an MC5, you know, clash, early punk feel, but with a lot of like, psychedelic rock and, you know, alternative influence on our music. Can you describe, like, define psychedelic punk? Um, I You know, I feel like... Uh, a lot of it has to do with the mix of styles uh, between myself and my brother. I mean, a lot of the, the guitar parts that I write are very, you know, chugging heavy rhythms. And uh, I mean, Keith Keith plays like John Bonham from Zeppelin, no matter what which way you turn him. You know what I mean? He just he play, he has that psychedelic rock sound, and a lot of that has come from that. You know. And I feel like uh, a perfect a great example of that to me would be like Jack White, like what the White Stripes have done in certain songs of theirs. You know, I would consider psychedelic punk songs like Fell in Love with a Girl. Like it's kind of like an early 60s psychedelic rock song. It's kind of like a punk song. It's kind of, it's hard to define. But I mean, I think that's really what we've always tried to do with Trigger Happy. We never really wanted to be pigeonholed as one thing. You know, we don't want to be, well, you're a punk band or, you know, you're a rock and roll band or you're a blues band or you're whatever. Like we just wanted to make our music. Right. You know? 
It is it is uh, an eclectic style that you have. I mean, you can definitely tell where you're pulling from a little bit, but you're also doing something that you can also coin for yourself. So I'm, I'm impressed with that, and I think that your fans and listeners probably agree with me on that. What I want to do right now, um, Stephen, is we want to and, – and correct me if I'm wrong. Now, th- so we have – you have this new EP coming out. Um, and the, the boy who lived, ha, mm-hmm. are these songs streaming anywhere? Are they available at this point for anybody? Have you, have you released anything to anybody yet? They will be as of Saturday. What we're going to do is, uh, and we have a lot of fans in our area in Pennsylvania. We also have a lot of fans through the internet, like in different countries and different areas and stuff. And we don't really just want to release a CD that only people here can get. So we're going to release it on Bandcamp also. Um, and it's going to be just donation based, uh, you know, you guys can give us whatever you want for the EP. If you want, you can download it or you can stream it, whatever. We're really only going to be selling the hard copies of the EP that we have at our shows and stuff, just because we really want to get the material out there. We feel like it's really strong and we just want to get people listening to it, get it in their iPods, you know, get it. And if that's the only stopping point is 99 cents or something for you to listen to my music, then right. I don't want that to be there, you know, yeah, it's especially not worth in, it in this days. day and age. Yeah, yeah. In this day and age, it's silly. It I mean, is. we, we, we already paid for the ep it's done right um you know we paid for the copies of the cds with shows i mean every penny that we make with trigger happy anywhere we go to play goes right back into what we're doing right like we don't you know we don't you know take any money for ourselves and we really don't spend any of our own money on it at all just bankrolls itself we you know mm-hmm. go out and play shows to keep that machine going you know so here on the spinning thoughts podcast then am i safe to say we're we're going to be playing two full songs from the new ep the boy who lived here on this podcast on this episode of this podcast am i safe to say that these songs have not been heard then until right now um yeah there was one demo version of refuse to yield that was played on uh the grassroots show on 97.7 which is our local station yeah but um that was uh, a couple months ago and that was just like a demo that we got right after we were out of the studio so this is for as far as the mastered copies of the finished songs yeah it's the first time they've ever been played anywhere so now steven it, the nerd in me has to ask before we play these songs from the boy who lived is there any relation to harry potter at all i mean that's what the whole song's about <laughs> okay the, the the song is about you know i feel like in the harry potter series uh, it's Harry's really dark character and people don't, they don't want to really focus on that. You know, right. he, he's really going through, I mean, some detrimental shit. I mean, you know, people you know, Oh, he's facing Voldemort. Oh, you know, this is the person that killed his parents and almost killed him. Shaped his entire, his yeah, shaped entire, his entire life, life yeah. you know? And I, and I felt like, um, you know, and that's kind of what I'm saying with the chorus is that, you know, you hate me and I hate thee because I'm the boy who lived, you know, like he's, he's so angry and, and pissed about it and just wants to, you know, lash out. And that's kind of what the scream about in the end and everything is about it. Like the last verse is actually about in the fourth book, whenever he, uh, he wakes up after he touched the cup and he transported, um, you know, to the graveyard where his parents were at mm-hmm. and Cedric Diggory was there and he's dead. And, you know, Voldemort challenges him and, you know, he, he shouts Experilamus and, you know, his parents come out and kind of give him the pat on the back and give him the effort to keep going, you know, Yep. And I don't know. I just it always spoke to me, and definitely. Didn't, I mean, another song off the EP, off this EP, is "The Plumber Prevails." That's all about uh, Mario Brothers. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> that's you know, awesome. that is like awesome. 
an ode to uh, how hard Mario's life would actually be if Mario was a real person and and he had to go through that every day. You know? Seriously, it would be a pretty fucked up way to live. Yeah. Well, not only is plumbing a tough job. I mean, then, yeah, you know, it, you, trade trade jobs are, are you know they're they're hard and people don't want to get their hands dirty. I want to say something really quick before we play a song. So, uh, yesterday, Brandon and I. We had, um, or at least we aired an episode with Rishi Ball from Eternal Boy, and they're they're a traditional punk band, pop punk band from Pittsburgh, and I felt like I was in my element talking to him because I'm a pop punk kind of dude. Um, but for the last couple minutes that you and Brandon were just talking about Harry Potter, I honestly had nothing to say, and the reason why I've never once seen a movie or read a word. Oh, Harry dude, Potter. it was the first book I ever read cover to cover. I was in I third know grade. It was, it's what got me nothing. into reading, man. Oh, man. I know uh, nothing. Harry I, Potter's towards the top of my nerddom uh, scale. You know what I mean? It's, so I'm embarrassed to say it, but you know what? We're all friends here on the Spinning <laughs> Thoughts podcast, so I feel like I'm going to just come out of the closet and say I know nothing about what the fuck they were just well, talking about. Well, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, Steven. Don't worry about it, man. Oh, all right. It's all right. At least I got one nerd in the room. <laughs> you do. But so that's, that's what's funny about the songs is that people, you know, will sing. Even, uh, even you know, Night of Living Dead was pretty self-explanatory. And we had, I had people come up to me like, oh, I really like that song. And I was like, you know, it's, it's about zombies. It's yeah. not. Uh, and I got yeah. that, so at least, uh, at least I'm on the same page with with the last <laughs> album. So we are very thrilled then to be one of the first to have the listeners check out a song from the new EP coming from Trigger Happy, the Boy Who Lived album. Uh, this song that we're going to play for you right now is Refuse to Yield.
Right, so that was Refuse to Yield by Trigger Happy coming off of their new EP here on October the 29th, The Boy Who Lived. Fantastic song there, awesome. Stephen. Anything you want the listeners to know about the song? Um, yeah, that song is the single off the EP, and that song is basically a big old fuck you to the American government and the political system. <laughs> nice. Well, we need a lot of that fuck yous right now, you know what I mean, to, to the yeah. Uh, political system. Yeah, we're in a fuck you time. I mean, this is it. Yeah, well, Tom Morello you know, even said, yeah, I mean, you know, Prophets of Rage uh, came out and made an album, uh, you know, kind of speaking to the government in, in this election year. And I think his yeah. quote was, uh, what do you say? Desperate times call for desperate music. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, I like that you're speaking. That's been a theme on Spinning Thoughts podcast yeah. from the beginning is is music with a purpose. Our first episode was titled Music with a Purpose. Uh, so we really enjoy when we get to hear uh, music that does have a purpose well, or that there's I something f- to say behind I feel what like you're there's doing. been a, a a lack of that for a while, but I think especially with this current political cycle that's going on with the two candidates that we have to choose from the in, the in November, either on the 8th or the 28th, depending on who you're voting for, I guess. Well, um, I'm, vote, I'm voting for Gary Johnson. I don't know what you guys Okay, do, well, they, they, <laughs> you know, and that's good, too. Um, we've actually had now, with you bringing in the uh, Green Party or the— um, Libertarian. Thank no, you. don't Lib- call me a Green. No, not I'm Green, not Green, not Green. No, no, no. <laughs> Jill Stein's the Green, right? Yeah, yeah. So She's libertarian. So, <laughs> so we're we're getting some uh, great um, reflection from all sides of things. But um, yeah, we definitely like to bring in some politics into this because it is so relevant. And really, the next four years are going to be pretty interesting to see unfold, no matter who's voted into it. Real quick, this isn't part of the questions, but I do since you mentioned Gary Johnson and, and it, he is a a small time candidate compared to the other two big names what it, if somebody says to you hey steven why the fuck are you even like wasting a wasting a i'm not saying this myself but why are you wasting a vote on gary johnson he has no chance to win what do you say to that i feel person? i feel like the only way you can waste your vote is by voting um for someone you don't believe in for a system that's obviously corrupt and shitty I mean, you know, Einstein said it perfectly. He said, you know, you keep on doing the same thing over and over again and you expect different results. That's insanity. And that's exactly what voting for Republican or Democrat is. It's insane. Do you, you see know? it ever changing, though, where a I really third party do. candidate I think, can win? 
Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, when? I mean, the truth is, I mean, no empire ever has lasted, man. Is Rome still here? Are the Babylonians still <laughs> no, here? No, but they lasted you know, a hell I mean, of a lot longer than it looks like America's going yeah, to. <laughs> I agree with you. I do. Well, I mean, we, we're creatures of our own demise, man. Jello Biafra said it best. Give me convenience or give me death. Yeah. No doubt. That's been, that's been the death of the death of America well, right there. That's, I agree. That's definitely, what, that's definitely what refused to yield and the microwave song are both really about, you know. Um, I mean, on the EP is kind of how technology and how us being so desensitized to things have devalued everything in our lives and all of our freedoms and stuff. I mean, that's why I refuse to yield is, you know, it's barely in the in the range of my vocals. Like it hurts every single time I sing that song, but I still sing it, you know, with my balls to the wall because it's like a scream against what's going on you know, in our world, in our country. And just, you know, kind of, we, we got promised a bunch of stuff. We were kids that, you know, we're definitely not delivered on. And you grew up and kind of realized like, Oh, we have this big mess that our parents left us, you know, and now we have to deal with it, you know? Yeah. And I agree with your mentality, Steven, that you should vote for who you think is the best candidate. And I agree with that too. rather than voting for somebody that you feel like you have to vote for, in order to to quote unquote make your vote count, it's a, it's a you great know, way to go about it. So you my know, brother keep on keeping the, on, brother. My brother Keith said it the best, and he's Keith's really quiet compared to the rest of us in the band. We're all kind of a little bit more loudmouths, and Keith's like the real reserved, older one, you know. But he said, "Voting this year is like deciding what kind of STD you want to suffer from. <laughs> like, do you want syphilis or do you want AIDS? Like it, you know. It, and it's it's so true, you know. And I felt like. You know, Gary Johnson, I don't like everything about him, but I like a lot. I mean, between him and Bill Weld, that's 16 years experience being governors. Yeah. You know, they both left left their offices with uh, with a surplus, and the states were in good shape after they left. I mean, it would be a joke not to vote for them compared to and the And there's other no candidates. way you're going to find a candidate that you agree with every single issue. That's just exactly. not. Exactly. Well, it, it's bigger, never going to be the case. The bigger thing that I want to gain from what Steven just said was, I think we found our new segment for the podcast what STD do you want to have? <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Why don't we start it real quick? Brandon, what STD, if you had to have one, what one would you want? Mm, I think it's fantastic. I, want, I mean, I wouldn't want Well, any. no, no, you you have to want one. Which one is it? Uh, I mean, uh, syphilis is easily fixable with antibiotics, so I, I'm gonna go so you're going to go easy like way that. out. Yeah, no doubt, man. I don't want to be stuck um, with herpes what, or What or STD do you want to have? Um... I don't know. That probably crabs because it's just a shampoo, you know. <laughs> yeah, simple light shampoo should to clear it right up. I feel yeah, like I feel like like crabs is like a is like an opening pool. Like it, it, it that's whenever your eyes, you know, kind of open to maybe some messed up activities in your life. At least it's not like, oh crap, I got AIDS because of that stupid decision I yeah, made. Yeah, now it's my like, life's ruined. Well, and yeah, I feel like, like crabs. It it provides a visual as well, a little bit more than yeah. maybe some of the other ones. So you can kind of lean on that, which is nice. If I had to pick one. Um, He's going AIDS, I can tell. I'm not going AIDS, even though AIDS, <laughs> you know, I, I would like to connect a little bit more with some of the artists and, and, and athletes from the past a little bit on that level. But I would pick um, gonorrhea just because I feel like I could write a lot of good songs to rhyme with that. So I feel like it could yeah. almost perpetuate my yeah. musical endeavors just by, because of the rhyming uh, abilities or capabilities um, within that. So that was the very first uh, new segment. What STD would you like to have? Um, can I can I have a, a random STD fact to end the new segment? Throw it yes. out. Yeah. All right. So do you know why they originally called the clap the clap? No. 
because when they got it, you had to stick your Johnson inside of a book, and they would clap it closed real hard to get what? all the fuss out. Oh. The fuck, <laughs> oh, dude! Dead you're supposed serious. to warn us. On I that thought stuff. you were gonna <laughs> say you had to smack your, you know, it itched or something. You had to smack your uh, nuts or something. Uh, no, no, the clap. We're, uh, we're gonna have to go back, like in post production, and like warn the the <laughs> listeners on that one. That was uh, that was a little brutal. All right, look, I want to transition here. Um, to some big stuff that's coming up this weekend. So on October the 9th, you're not the only ones releasing a new album. You're co-releasing, essentially, albums with a band that that Brandon and I are, are actually good friends with, and that's how we got in contact with you. The, uh, we're we're going to be talking to them actually tomorrow and airing both of these episodes. As you're listening to this, it's on Thursday that you're hearing this, but um, we're airing both of these episodes on the same day uh, because there's a lot of similarities in the band and in what's going on with you guys. Dizzy Woosh, you will be with them at the Double Wide in Mars this Saturday, October the 29th, for a double release party, correct? Yep. That's kind of cool, man. I mean, you don't see that happen very often because, you know, when you're an album, it takes so much effort and work and time and money and, and sweat and tears and STDs and stuff that... You know, you you almost don't want to share that glory with another band. So just bring us and the listeners up to speed on how you and the Woosh got together. Yeah, how'd you get hooked up with the Woosh, man? And, and I know we've I, been playing with we've been playing with Dizzy Woosh for a couple of years now. We played with them originally up at the Dunes, I think up at Super Rock Dunes, and they're doing shows up there. And we play with them at Rock Falls and yes, they do the, all at the Brick things. House. Yeah, yeah, at the Brick House a couple times. And I, uh, you know, I kind of was one of those names I heard around a bunch, and then. Ended up meeting their bass player Dan, and he and uh, I kind of—he's you know, good, man. You ever see? Both, I'm sure you've seen him play on the uh, what the uh, tub bass. Insane, yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, so yeah, cool. they're they're great, but yeah, he, uh, you know, he kind of—we were both a little bit quirky and have weird personalities, so we got along, you know, right away, and we started talking about doing different more shows together and stuff. And then this uh, year at Midsummer, I ran into Sean. I think it was the day before yeah. we were playing, and I uh, actually borrowed his. Uh, his acoustic because they needed somebody to fill in like a half hour so i went up and played and then after like one of the songs i played he's like oh that's really cool you know and i was like oh you know we're getting ready to release that on our ep we don't really know when yet and i asked him about hallowoosh because we really wanted to play it this year i mean it's always an awesome time yeah yeah and you know they always have yeah they always have a great turnout and we just it's a lot of the same fans and friends and stuff that kind of hang out in that you know group that goes up to rock falls and everything and uh you know, so I was talking to him about it. And he's like, you know, we're getting ready to do, you know, and get an EP together too. And I was, you know, I just threw it out there, like, why don't we do a dual release, man? You know, we can both get both of our fan bases to come out and you know get a bunch of people, and they were totally down with it. I mean, you know, he was definitely like all about it, and it's kind of cool because there's the one picture that uh, April Heilman took of us on Facebook, which is like when we we're just standing there talking, and that was like that second when we decided, you know, hey, let's do this show and everything, you know, and we were uh, like I said, we we're really 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 excited about it they're great guys uh eric um you know brad all of them all you know they're just yeah. phenomenal dan yeah, Bishak cool is sound. the one that that brandon and i are the closest with he's the bass player um he's not, yeah no he does banjo he you know what dan does a lot for them he plays guitar he jumps on banjo he does bass yeah. he does vocals so he's all over the place um let our listeners know because we brandon and i highly recommend that if you are in pittsburgh and you have Either nothing to do, or if you have something planned already, break those plans. Yeah, cancel that, dude. And change it to go out to Mars PA and go to the Double Wide to Hallowoosh and check out this double release with Trigger Happy and, and Dizzy Woosh. When are you 
trigger happy when are you guys on how long are you playing for are you playing just on brand new songs old songs from the old ep bring us up to speed on what you guys are going to be doing because we'll talk to dizzy whoosh tomorrow again these episodes will air at the same time so we're speaking in weird terms but bring us up to speed on what you're bringing to this release into Hallowoosh. um you know sometimes whenever you play bar shows your first instinct is you want to go in there and you want to play a bunch of covers so everybody sings along and you know we uh we really felt like you know being REP release and stuff we wanted to play a decent block of our own stuff so we're kind of we're gonna we're gonna start out with one or two cover songs we've been working on um and then we're gonna do uh I think four songs off of the EP and then we're gonna do three off of the one that we're getting ready to record with Chessie and the Kittens. Okay, so um, you got some really good material that probably hasn't been heard yet coming out on the 29th at the live show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be playing it, it there. We're also playing a show the 28th of this weekend right, this weekend before, uh right. yeah for, it's uh at the sidebar in Catanning, and we're playing with uh terra chain sky which they're actually just getting back they did a little tour they were down in oklahoma and nashville and missouri and a couple other places so they uh they're just getting back and it's kind of like their homecoming show so what are the be covers crazy that you're doing can you say that or is it a surprise um, I mean, I don't care. We're doing uh, kick out the jam. <laughs> I'm the one who fix the songs, man. I don't right. care. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing kick out the jams, but we do like the president's United States version. Nice. Um, yeah. We kind of we it we randomly pick like beginning songs, like, and we'll do that song for a couple of shows. Like, it's kind of important to have that one song kind of pumps you up and pumps the crowd up. Like, we were doing Vaseline by Stone Temple Pilots for a while. It's like our first song, you know, kind of yeah. just. Something just to get everybody hooked in and get them excited and get them up to the stage and stuff. And, you know, we really try to, like, set up our sets where, we're, you know, we're thinking about that. Like, what's a good song to put there? If we're going to have people up dancing to some covers, we want to keep that going and not throw a slow song in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to do Kick Out the Jams. I know we're doing our one good friend, uh, Terry. He played bass for this Led Zeppelin cover band, uh, Blood Zeppelin. He passed away this week, so we want to do a Led Zeppelin song kind of. In Sorry his honor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, He's 50, 52 years old, man, but the guy rocked so hard. He was a great, phenomenal bass player. Really, really good guy. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to give a shout out to his family and, and Blood Zeppelin. They're a great group of dudes. Uh, they do Led Zeppelin so much honor. Like, whenever people say, oh, I'm in a Led Zeppelin cover band, it's like you roll your eyes, like, oh, you know, I'm going to have to hear you butcher Robert Plant for two hours. But, man, mm -hmm. they kill it. They are so good, you know. And uh, so we're doing communication breakdown kind of. Love in that. honor of him you yeah. know Fair and enough. uh i don't know what we're gonna close out with i wanted to do we're gonna probably gonna do la woman because i like closing oh, out with that i love it dude yeah. love the doors hell yeah yeah Very um cool. we kind of do our own our own version of it I, don't, I mean i don't know if you guys have a chance to watch any of our covers uh videos or anything but we don't really ever play a song like the way that it was I don't think record. you should. Yeah, you know, neither do we. The when band when that, we cover songs, yeah, the, the same brand, way we want to make that sure Brandon that Brandon and I are in, and we mentioned this a lot on the podcast, and we don't do it for, you know, <laughs> um, self-promoting reasons, but we do it because it's relevant in the conversation. So our band, the Even Three, we also, uh, we're and we're we're similar in style with the punk and the grittier sound that that you guys bring. But yeah, when the covers that we do. You know, well, I'm not saying we give them justice. We actually have people that comment on our videos and songs saying that we didn't give the song justice. Well, fuck you anyways. But, uh, yeah. you know, we do it the way that the even three would have done it if we wrote the goddamn song, you know. So I, I yeah. commend you for doing that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we just try to approach the song, you know, just uh, here's what the chords are and let's play it and kind of figure out what feels comfortable for us. Well, right. yeah, I mean, you I make, I, it, I make that, a trigger happy song, you know. Yeah, you know, I notice that like I'll hear songs on the radio sometimes that we cover and I'm like, oh, you know, we do four measures longer here. Or we don't, you know, I don't sing this part. I repeat the second verse or whatever. Yeah. You know, just stupid things that I don't even notice. You know, I mean, we play some of the sets that we've played as far as cover shows. I mean, sometimes we'll just go out and play a cover show just to make money because you can go and make a lot of money doing that, you know, and we'll play three or four hours of covers. And like, I got to, I don't bring like a ta- you know, a binder or lyrics or nothing with me. That's all just in my head. So <laughs> just the whole, whatever comes out, you know, yeah. just try to remember the lyrics the best I can and do the song justice. And uh, so I don't know, we usually do pretty good. So we've been doing it for a long time now. We've had awesome opportunity to play with a lot of really cool bands, uh, from around the area that, you know, are, are pretty decently big. Like we play with Highway 4 a lot and Dizzy yeah, Woosh and Daddy Daddy Jones Kingdom and Tropodelic and uh, Tropodelic's Wine and from Brandon's Stopping Grounds out in Ohio. We went to school with um, Matthew Rhodes. So oh, I know, yeah, they're, they're awesome. I know they're him pretty well. Yeah, so like I said, you know, Stationary Pebbles, Wine and Spirit, uh, Highland Brothers. Basically, most of the bands around here, that are you know big in certain areas once i heard about them i tried to contact them and play a show with them just because you know it's like a really cool thing about western pennsylvania is that we really like try to promote each other's bands and right. we go to other areas and it's it's really cutthroat you know like we, is. We, we've gone out to you know out towards indianapolis and chicago and some places in ohio and stuff and you know there's some places where it's like it's very competitive i don't know our favorite place to play though has to be skatopia though out in ohio man that is the best time. I don't, you guys know what that is? I, no. no. Where's what? Tell me about it. Skatopia I grew up in Ohio, is, Stephen, so I'm pretty familiar with. I mean, I grew up in the Cleveland area, so. Yeah, well, this is down. It's down in Rutland. It's kind of like southeastern Ohio. Okay. But uh, it's 88 acres, um, of just like skate park and campground, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And it's, the place has been there for like 30 years or something. Now I think we no last year we did the 25th anniversary of it of the bowl, the first bowl being there. But it's wow. just like four bowls and a bunch of different vert ramps and stuff. And they have festivals throughout the summer. And you know people come out and you know the bands play basically from sun up to sundown. I mean they have bands till five, six, seven in the morning. Like they don't care because it's the middle of nowhere. You know. So we played that. This is this will be our third year. Uh, next year whenever we get ready to play, it's already booked. We're gonna do the bowl bash again. Nice. Um, like I said, it's uh, it's just a blast, man. The first year we went, there was had to be like twelve thousand people there or something. It was nuts. Wow, it was just, insane. Yeah, it was a really, really good time. It was a wild party, you know. But we definitely enjoyed ourselves, and everybody was very opening. And a lot of the bands that we made connections out, you know, you know, out there from Cincinnati and Chicago and just all the different areas. It's really, really cool to network like that and get to meet new people. So something I want to ask you um, as we're kind of moving through, and, and so far, man, this has been really great, great conversation. It always um, uh, amazes Brandon and myself when we meet bands and artists um, with the conversations that we get to have. I almost wish that the attention span of the human being was longer than what a podcast really <laughs> should even run for because we could really talk to you for a long time, man. But something, And I, only wa- I want to get just more of a concise not that you're talking, we're, I'm talking too much, but I want to get more of a concise answer on this, and correct me if I'm wrong. So when I wrote this question down, I actually was listening to your older album, Breakfast, Brains for Breakfast, and I really dug it. Uh, but what I got from that and also from looking at some of your social media and the marketing and graphics that you have, you got kind of like a trippy, spacey, outer space vibe. Am I wrong on that or no? I mean, kind of. I think it just comes from me being a nerd. Okay. I mean, I've just always and been I'm obsessed with 
I'm with, into the, uh, all that spacey stuff, and and so I I really connected to it, and so well that's what our new EP uh, with Chessie and the Kittens is actually called our eventual four way in outer space, and uh, it's like the the song Chessie and the Kittens is about like us taking a tour with Chessie and the Kittens across the solar system and like the different you know different things happening on different planets. And perfect. Stuff. Then this what I'm about to ask you then is really going to play into this. I was hoping that I was right when I was getting the vibes here with this spacey outer you know space kind of intergalactical thing so what i want to know is one do you think there's life outside of earth um yeah i definitely think there's life outside earth okay what kind of life like when you say life i mean do you think there was a movie and i think it was called i think it was called earth Uh, it was like kind of an indie movie it was really good basically where there was a second earth that came into orbit or whatever the hell. And basically it was like the exact like op- opposite or the same or, you know, an alternate yeah, universe or whatever. Do you know, that's count, you... counter earth. Yeah. yeah. I've watched that movie. Yeah. It, it was really good. Very intriguing. What do you, you know, so there's that kind of spectrum on like, yeah, you think that if there's life outside of earth, because I think that, I mean, they say we use what 20% of our brain. So I don't even think that we can as humans, even conceptualize what is beyond what we see and what we know right now. But what do you think life is actually outside of earth? Well, I mean, I can tell you this, like not a, a, you know, crazy radical conspiracy theorist, but I think that there's enough evidence on the internet. There, there is alien life out there. I mean, if you, you look at what happened, made in... contact with us in that the government oh, yeah, is hiding definitely. it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I mean, I, Ed, I Edward, Edward Snowden that. said that. I mean, Snowden said it. You know, Brandon, like, you're, you're being came. really quiet. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I just don't think I can get a word in with with you guys. Uh, well, we're really down on this. I just gave you an opportunity. Obviously, you oh, know man, how I guy. feel oh, about it. You'd goddamn, be. Kleenex. I think you'd be fucking nuts to think that with an ever-expanding universe that there's not life outside of our little Earth. But what um, is the life? I mean, are we talking organisms? Are we talking intelligent no, beings think, that are smarter than us? I think there's all... You know what? I think there's all... You know what, uh, what Isaac Asimov said? But she's probably my favorite sci-fi writer. One of his famous quotes was, there's only two possibilities, that there is alien life out there and there's not, and both are equally terrifying. Because... <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, do you know what? I like that. It is equally terrifying. But to be honest with you, I'd rather know that there's more going on than just what we got. There has to be. We're you, terrorizing like I said, you'd be it insane to, to not think that. So you ask, is it microorganisms? Is it intelligent life? Is it humanoid? I think there's all of the above. I mean, when you think you think the, all of it exists. Yes. You think that there are humans just like us somewhere. You think that there's a, like yes. aliens that we pro, that we project in movies that are I mean, like these dude, big we oh, are a tiny speck i I mean the universe is ever expanding it's infinite man so of course yeah there is the probability of there being we haven't even all types of life by the way i mean there's been no marijuana not at all but so this is i mean maybe not on maybe not on your guys (laughs) well they're more fucking with you right now Um, another thing i wanted to ask you in regards to life outside of earth is so let's say that there is life outside of earth i think there is i think brandon thinks there is and we and we've concurred you steven believe that there is do they make music and if so what does their music sound like um it's not as good as our new ep i'll give you that and you'll be able to hear that live this Saturday in Mars, PA, believe it or not, of all fucking places <laughs> for you to be playing. It's Mars. It, it, is, in, so, it is in Mars. Jesus yeah, God, come, oh, on come on out, see Trigger Happy in Mars this weekend. 
what the fuck are the chances? We didn't even plan it. <laughs> so, Steven, I mean, what do you think? Are they make if they're you believe that there's life outside of Earth? Are they making music? Because to me, the reason why I love music so much, truly, the, the number one reason it sounds insane that I love music is because I think that it is something that defines our race, that, it, that defines our being, our human being kind. It, it's I mean, yeah, you hear fucking animals making music like crickets and shit. But like, I mean, what we do with music is well, we make Western music, man. I mean, music's existed for I'm since saying, the beginning on. of fucking I'm saying, time. You know what? I feel like that that's where we've really we've really been trying to progress as a band. And I definitely I've been writing songs since, you know, I was like 10 or 11 years old. Do it just doing it for a long time and wrote pop punk songs and blues songs and stuff. But I've really been trying to get to the point now with like all the newer stuff that we wrote and even like a. You know, some of those tracks off the album, like Plumber Prevails and Ocean Over Mind, you know, those were concepts in my head that I had, like, I want to write a song about this. You know, Ocean Over Mind was about a girl that I had a crush on that was really unhealthy, and she was kind of, like, using me and playing games in my head, and it was just, but I, I, like, really wanted to capture that feeling with the song and the lyrics and not just you know be kitschy or cheesy or whatever you know you can feel just, it like, in your vocals man i again i told you this before we talked and i when brandon and i listened to the song man your vocals on that track are fantastic i mean they are they they touched my soul they really did it was good. thanks man yeah yeah you know i think that's the weird thing about this ep is like some of the songs are really you know kitschy kind of like nerd rock that's what the one guy the radio station called us the one time you know because we write nerdy songs but then the other songs are like very really serious you know like microwave song and refuse to yield and and uh ocean remind they kind of have like a you know a lot more weight to them about like what i'm talking about and then i you know i decided to talk about like harry potter and, and super mario brothers which has no weight whatsoever you know but it's kind of i just it's when i write balance. about whatever I write about whatever I'm feeling or thinking that week. You know, I don't really ever try to plan out even what kind of song that I'm going to write. I mean, sometimes I'll hear something, I'll hear a drum beat or I'll, you know, I'll be listening to something and I hear a bass line. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'd, I'd like to do something like that or in that timing. But most of the time, it's just just pick up my guitar and just try to go with it, you know? So and what, I mean, definitely with this newer stuff, has been stuff that people have brought. Like Seth brought the guitar part for Refuse to Yield. Um, and I, my first thing I said was like, man, that sounds like Sabbath. And I was like, you know, he's like, we're going to sing like Ozzy. And I was like, oh, I'll try to sing that high. And then mm -hmm. I just, it ended up not being like a black Sabbath song. That's kind of like how it started, you know? Yeah. So what we want to do right now, we've already played Refuse to Yield, which was fantastic. And my personal favorite off of the new EP coming out, um, from, uh, the boy who lived is ocean of her mind. So this is actually a little bit of a longer song, but we're going to play it in its entirety for the first time, right? Nobody else is, this hasn't been shown. No, this has not been heard by anyone on the air. Fuck. Yeah. So for the first time, uh, here on the spinning thoughts podcast from trigger happy off of the new EP, the boy who lived here is ocean of her mind. Enjoy.
So that was Ocean of Her Mind by Trigger Happy off of the new EP that's coming out this October the 29th called The Boy Who Lived. That's the EP, The Boy Who Lived. And that, again, that was the song Ocean of Her Mind. That was my personal favorite. Brandon, I think you dig the song too, right? I do dig the song. I haven't heard the EP enough to have a favorite yet, but I do dig. Uh, I dig the track. There's no doubt about it. So, um, Stephen, there is something that we do with every band and artist that comes on to our podcast now granted this is only episode six but we fucking do it every time well we've, we 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 started um uh, episode one we didn't have any guests it was just angelo yeah. and me sitting here doing it and we do what's called lyrics as a poem yeah so what we do obviously i mean it, it's self-explanatory you read lyrics as a poem so our very first episode, I read uh, Formation by Beyonce as a poem. And what we want you to do, Stephen, is take a trigger-happy song, take those lyrics, read them to us as soft and as poetic as you possibly can so that we can get that true effect of the song and what those words mean. Give us like a verse, something that gives us enough to chew on, but not, you know, anything that we have to worry about choking on. And, um, you know, just again, very like sexual is what we're going for here. And, um, so we're putting up, I say it every time we're, we didn't give you a heads up on this. We like to surprise our guests. We want you to take a song from trigger happy and give us the most erotic, erotic version of, of of a verse from one of your songs you down for it yeah i think i'm probably gonna end up sounding like william shatner but i'm down oh hey, okay that yeah it's perfect. i'm turned on already <laughs> so give give us a preface of the song what you wrote the song about and then throw those lyrics out as a, to us as a poem all right um i guess i'll do some from refuse to yield uh the it'll be the first verse from refuse to yield it's uh they bought another sunrise that fades into the day smoke clears my fears off the rock and onto what is paved queasy the familiar and vomit monotony my cellular control device is the only thing that chains me from being free there we go. Yeah. Right. We Lyrics go. as a poem. We, that's our favorite segment that we do. I love it. We appreciate you uh, participating. I, ho- I hope I got the lyrics right. It's weird to say them and not say <laughs> I them. I know. And that's why we do it because <laughs> lyrics without the music just always sound weird. And then to ask an artist to say their lyrics when they're used to singing them in a certain melody or harmony. And they or- didn't write these lyrics expecting one day to be speaking them as erotic poetry. So. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I always thought like my erotic poetry would be speaking it like in the court of law, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we're coming toward the end of the interview here with Stephen King from Trigger Happy. And uh, I just want to, again, thank you so much, man, for giving us your time and, and no problem, bringing Brandon and myself and the listeners and your fans up to speed and a little bit more in depth on to who you are, who the band is and what you've got in store for everybody here in the future. So with that um, idea in mind. What is coming down the pipeline for Trigger Happy? I mean, at this point, you know, you've got an EP coming out on the 29th. You're working on a a, a dual EP, essentially, uh, with another band from Pennsylvania. Beyond those two things, I mean, what are you guys going to be up to? Do you have uh, do you have shows lined up? Are you working on certain marketing, certain media? Um, you know, where are you guys heading? 
Um, you know, wintertime, we're really going to push, uh, this EP online. We have, we're going to have two music videos coming out, uh, with the EP for refuse to yield and conquer the bad times. Um, they're kind of just like montage videos. One is from, uh, when we played at Skatopia this year and the other one is from rock falls, um, for conquer the bad times. And then, uh, we're in talks with Chessie and the kittens. This is the first time that anybody's going to hear about this at all anywhere other than like me and Chessie and the kittens and the awesome. guys. Yeah, but we're in talks about doing a movie. We really whoa. Um, we used to like I used to do a little bit of directing work and stuff whenever I was younger. And then our bass player uh, he edits like all of our videos and stuff and just does a bunch of different editing. And uh, we really we have somebody who has a good camera now, and we've been talking about it. We want to do kind of like a Hard Day's Night style movie wow. where we have mu- musical performances. That yeah, you're gonna write the music the for the yeah. for the movie. Yeah, I mean, we're going to use, use songs from the bands that we include. We're probably going to have, um, we're kind of going to try to release it like with the split EP or maybe after the split, EP, you know, kind of in tandem with Chessie and the Kittens because we want to have them involved. And then uh, we're in talks with a couple of different bands, the third band, because I kind of have like a certain role that I want, you know, the kind of sound of the band and everything that I want to play that. Um, but yeah, we're going to we're gonna try to do it over the next couple of months and then release it maybe next summer, next fall. We played this film festival with Chessie and the Kittens this year where they released, they did like this movie that they made. It's, uh, they kind of like did some background noise and then just took a bunch of different old clips from old, you know, sci-fi movies and stuff and pieced them together and very different and avant-garde. And I kind of just, you know, sat down with them and the idea of that and was like, let's do this, but a little bit more controlled and try to have a storyline, but still keep it kind of quirky and weird and a little bit be horror and you know that was like with the night of living dead music video i was very fortunate to have the help of uh the guys from cheeseman's fright farm to do the the make the zombie makeup and everything and ended up turning out really good and and that was all done on almost zero of a budget it was just volunteers and people that you know we organized to get it together and we're like well if we can do this we can do a movie it's just going to be a lot more filming you know (laughs) right that's awesome and we'll have to get you back onto the podcast as you're progressing towards that uh, um that endeavor that sounds really intriguing um all right so we got like two more things to ask you steven before we let you loose um this next question um just spitfire top your head we want from five to one from five to one the bands Mm. that you're jamming to right now five to one um andrew jackson jihad uh modest mouse okay right that's five now we're on four yep modest mouse Mm -hmm. um the gerbils okay uh who else um Quasi. Um, these, these are a few. I, I know Modest Mouse, but man, you're 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 um provoking me to to listen to some of these uh, artists that I haven't. <laughs> That's heard. why we ask. Yeah. Um, where are we? Are we on two? Probably. On two? New, I mean, one. Now. On two. We're on one. Yeah. No, one. He, he gave four. Okay. Uh, I've been listening to a bunch of Neutral Milk Hotel again. They're probably my favorite band of all Who? time. Neutral Milk Hotel. Okay. They're going to change your life, man. They're going to neutral they're gonna milk hotel, huh? Yes, they're can, going. To, can you quickly just explain who they are and why? Yeah, what Brandon they do. And I and the listeners should check them out. Um, Jeff Mangum is kind of like the brains behind the operation, but they are a neo psychedelic band that came out with the Elephant Six movement out of Athens, Georgia, in the late '90s. Uh, some of the other bands that were a part of that were Viola and of Montreal and the Apples in Stereo and Olivia Tremor Control. Um, but yeah, like the neutral Motel was kind of the big spearhead of that, but they're just, 
we take a lot from them and the basic song writing, but with eclectic lyrics and just really putting the focus into the feel of the song. I mean, Jeff Mangum is just, you can hear the torture in his voice a lot like Connor Oberst, you know, you can really feel what they're singing about. And the lyrics are so complex and, and very, you know, paints a portrait. It's almost like Beck where it's very all over the place in stream of consciousness, but in the same sense, you really get a feel for what he's singing about in the songs. It definitely, I heard them whenever I was 15 and they made me want to have my own band and sing. Like they inspired me so much. I mean, even more so than like Nirvana and a lot of the other bands that I caught over the Beatles. The Beatles were a huge influence on us and even the sound of our music. Right. Um, you know, but uh, definitely Nutramook Hotel was like, a, you know, and I've they only had two albums and I've probably listened to them. I think they have a, they put out a new EP this past year because they got back together. But I've listened to those two albums probably a thousand times each and I'd listen to them again. So. Good. Well, uh, Stephen, we're about to let you go here. We got uh, another minute left. Let us, us and our listeners know where we can find you. Uh, take a minute to, to plug anything you need. And, and Stephen, also, I want you to take an, not just to let us know about where to find Trigger Happy, but I know that prior to the podcast, you brought to my attention some of the other things that you are doing personally as well. And I know we didn't get to talk a ton about it, and maybe we get you on for another episode to go into more detail about things outside of Trigger Happy. Um, mm-hmm. But just bring us up to speed on... You know, like Brandon said, where can we find the band and what you're kind of doing also on the side? Um, we're going to be playing, uh, like you said, this weekend at the Double Wide Grill with Dizzy Woosh on Saturday. And also Friday night, we'll be at the sidebar in Katanning. Um, we're on Facebook, obviously, uh, trigger, uh, facebook.com slash triggerhappybutler. Uh, we also have a, a fan group, which is Trigger Happy Fans. I try to post in that a lot, just what we're doing, different pictures of us jamming and stuff and plug different things. Um, we're on Reverb Nation and Bandcamp. The new EP, like I said, after Saturday is going to be available on our Bandcamp uh, for free, which all the links to those are on our Facebook. I'm um, like uh, you were saying, the other couple of things that I do involving music is I write uh, reviews for musicallyfresh.com, which is a website based out of England. We have uh, writers from all over the world really now. And uh, I do reviews of different bands, which I just got one done one uh, for a British funk band called Illusia, which they were pretty cool. And uh, the other thing that I've been involved in for a while now is the punk rock community on Facebook, which is a group. I think it's almost like 40,000 people now. But, uh, you know, we do a lot with Musically Fresh in there. But I, you know, do the punk rock community underground band of the month where me and a couple of my friends, you know, pick a different band every month to kind of feature and give a little bit of a spotlight to and, uh so I try to keep busy on the internet side of things as much as, you know, being here and playing shows around. And I mean, you have to in this day and age, because that's how you get people is in their phone, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. So there's a lot of places that uh, our listeners and your fans can find you and Trigger Happy. This Saturday, October the 29th, you can find Trigger Happy with Dizzy Woosh at the Double Wide in Mars, Pennsylvania for a double uh, album release party. Stephen King. Thank you so much for joining Brandon and myself here on the Spinning Thoughts podcast. It's been a pleasure. Yep. Thanks again, man. Take care of yourself, brother. Yep. You too, Gwen. Peace. See ya. Once again, we want to thank Mr. Stephen King from the band Trigger Happy here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Or if you want to get a little bit more specific, Butler, Pennsylvania, you can find them this Saturday, October the 29th at the Double Wide in Mars, Pennsylvania for a double album release with Dizzy Woosh. The album, the EP coming out for Trigger Happy is called The Boy Who Lived. Brandon, what you think, man? I think it's awesome. I think, uh, like we said earlier, if you got plans this Saturday, cancel them. Head out to Holla Woosh at the Double Wide in Mars, PA. Uh, It's a huge uh, music 
concert party that the Woosh puts on every single Halloween. It's going to be a fantastic time. Make sure you subscribe to the Spinning Thoughts podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, any site where you can find a podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, And look, share the goddamn page, okay? If you like what you're hearing, we want your friends, your family, your spouse, your dog, your kitten to hear what we got to say. This is Angelo Gargaro and Mr. Brandon Robertson with the Spinning Thoughts Podcast. We are signing off from the Spinning Thoughts Podcast World Music Megaplex here at Evergreen Studios. See ya. Peace out.